And love is absolutely essential, right? I mean, whether you just think about in the Bible, Jesus says that the second greatest commandment, the first being love the Lord your God with all your heart, and then the second is love your neighbor as yourself. Just a very basic thing that everybody knows, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, everybody knows the idea you're supposed to love your neighbor. Love is an absolutely essential thing, and especially when we start to talk about in the context of relationships, in the context of marriage, we know that love is a really big deal, right? Love's a big deal. Even, even think about this, that people are really careful about saying, I love you. I remember one uh, Friends episode, and I think it was Ross said to Rachel, I might be getting the order wrong, but he says, I love you, and she says, and I love hanging out with you. And it's like this big, oh, you know, letdown thing. Because even to say, I love you to somebody is a big deal, right? So love, absolutely essential. We know it's a big deal. We, we make a big deal of it. Jesus says it's a big deal. And yet, even with all that, it's really tricky, right? I mean, love is really tricky. It's something that isn't just, oh yeah, love is so important and love is such a big deal and so we all have these awesome loving relationships. It's really tricky. Love is really tricky because whenever there's two people, they get together, they love one another, they're really proud to say how much they love one another, it's a big thing and then it gets difficult, it gets hard. Love is, love is hard, right? And love is something that people know is really important and yet struggle to do. I mean, if you're a Christian in here, you know you're supposed to love people, and yet that's hard and difficult to do, right? And especially in the context of a marriage or in a relationship, it's really difficult to do. So love is important, and if we want to have the, the marriages or we want to have the relationships that God intends for us to have, we want to have, man, I really want the depth and beauty of relationship that, that God wants for me to have. We have to know what is love and how do we love and how do we love when it's difficult and how can we love when we're not being loved? We have to know some of the answers to those questions, right? Love's a big deal. It's important and yet it's messy and it's tricky and it's difficult, right? Okay, so let's talk about love. And to start with, to start with, here's just kind of a classic question. Is love feelings or actions? And this is a big debate, right? Is love feelings or actions? And if we were to even have your hands raised and take a vote, we may be able to see people on different sides. Is love feelings or is it actions? Is it a verb or is it an emotion? What is love? What is love? And it, let's, start with, let's start with feelings, okay? Maybe love is a feeling. And if you just Google love and you put it into Google images, these are the types of things that come up. And this is way more on the feeling side, right? It's not a lot of action involved here. It's just sentiment. It's romance. A lot of hearts. Some you know, couples with their faces really close together here with sun. Uh, we got flowers. We got some notes you got some rings, you got some ribbon. I mean, it's just, it's way more kind of on the feeling side of things, right? Love is this emotion, it's this romance, it's sentiment. And that's what many people think of when they think of love, right? We think of love is this emotion, it's this feeling. We talk about falling in love, right? We talk about falling in love. Sorry, I went ahead. We talk about falling in love. 
We talk about falling out of love. So people say, man, I just fell head, head over heels for her. I fell in love. When did, are you, when did you guys fall in love? Are you still in love? All of that is an emotion, right? Are you still in this emotional experience? When did you have this emotional experience? We, we say things like, I'm just not in love with them anymore. I'm sorry, I want to be with you. I just don't love you anymore. It's this experience, this emotional experience. People even talk about kind of a gauge of a relationship if it should move to the next level. Do you love them, right? So you can, you can kind of think about, okay, I'm dating this person. I'm engaged to this person. And friends ask each other, well, do you, like, should I, should I marry them? Well, do you love them? Which means what? It means do you have this deep emotional attachment or experience when you're with them? I took a quiz on Seventeen Magazine online to find out if I, sh- if, if I love the one I'm with. And at the end, it said, yes, you love your cutie. That's what it said. So if you want to know if you love your cutie, you can do it, okay, this week. So there's this. I'm serious. I'm not even joking. So um, just because it's fun, right? And it's, the whole point is love is this emotional experience. Love is this feeling that we have. And so if that is kind of the view of love, love is a feeling, love is this emotion that we kind of fall into, we fall out of, we have, we look inside, do I have this emotion? That's the guy that I know, should I be with this person, not be with this person? If that's what love is, then a lot of times what people say is, well, so why would I need a piece of paper then? This is a marriage certificate from the state of Colorado. This is actually real. We could print this off right now if you also love your cutie. Um, and we could do it right here. We could, I can cancel the sermon. So um, this is the marriage license to the state of Colorado. And the whole thing is that sometimes people say, well, why do I need a piece of paper? Why do I need to sign something? Why do I need to, isn't that just kind of legalistic? Isn't that just kind of some man-made thing that, why, would, why do I need a piece of paper to say that I love someone? And if it is just an emotion, if it is just a feeling, then of course you don't need a piece of paper if that's what love is, right? You don't, you don't need a piece of paper to, to know if you have an emotional experience or not, if that's what love is, right? And so that's, and even beyond just a, a marriage certificate, a marriage, and I've had people say that to me before, that they've said, well, I don't really need a piece of paper, right, to say that I love somebody. Maybe that would even ruin it, to make it so official, to make it so, that might even ruin it. And this is even broader than just marriage, that we often think anything with duty or anything with obligation is bad. Because it's the opposite of just internal emotional experience. So if we say, well, why would I commit myself? Why would I do something that I don't feel? Or why do I need to do something if I don't feel? Don't I look inside and that is being true to myself? Don't I want to do something inauthentic to myself? So if love is a feeling, of course you don't need this. And this is the most common view of love. Most common view of what love is, is it's a feeling. So this is in songs, it's in movies that, you know, maybe most popular right now this summer. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. That's love. Can't feel my face when I'm with you. I know you'll be the death of me, but at least we'll both be numb. And you might say, well, you don't know. That's actually about drugs. Yes, I do know it's about drugs, but see, that's the point. The point is that drugs and love are very similar, according to that way of thinking. 
that you can even write a song that is about drugs, and actually it's about love, and it's about both. There's even a song called Love is a Drug, right? So, I mean, you can keep going back and forth. That, it, that is one of the views of love. It's a feeling. It's an emotional experience. It's not even something, it's, it's way more about what I feel. It's almost a power that I'm underneath, that I'm almost victim to, that just kind of happens to me. But here's the thing. Even if that's kind of how you have believed love, and I do think that's the most popular view of love, even if that's what you've thought or believed, we all know there's something wrong with that. We just do. I don't think you have to be a Christian to know that. I think that's just something that people, if you really kind of just pause, we know there's something not quite right about that. There's something a little bit off in that. See, and if you look at the Bible, this is one of the most classic verses on love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says this. This is read at weddings all across the country, probably world. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Here's what's different about this than love as an emotional experience. This is all other-centered. It's not so much about how you feel as it is about how you relate to another person. You're not resentful towards them. You're not rude towards them. You're not arrogant towards them. You don't insist. See, it's all other-centered. So I know that whether, whatever you believe, though the most common idea of love is this feeling, we know that there's something inherently selfish about that. Something inherently, uh, it doesn't quite feel right to say it's all about me and what I feel and that that's what love is. And in fact, even kind of going back to the piece of paper thing, why, you know, why would I need to sign a piece of paper if I love somebody? Isn't it just a feeling? Here's what, here's what that's saying at the core. I want freedom. If love is just an emotional experience I have, why would I give away my freedom? Why would I put myself under, why would I actually focus on another person? I love the emotion. See, being in love often is being in love with love. As it's not so much another person as it is about the feelings and the emotion and the experience that we love. We love to be loved. We love to feel that high more than we actually go, love is patient, love is kind, love is not rude, love is... It's very different, right? So is love a feeling or is it action? And so some people say, exactly, that's my, some people would, maybe right now you're amening, that's right, all this romance stuff is junk, all those hearts and notes and ribbons, it's trash, love is not an emotion, love is not a feeling, it's an action, it's what you do, that's what love is. And some guys, probably more than gals, feel that way. I show you what I, how, I love you by what I do. Kind of the classic image of that is maybe a dad that works hard, pays the bills, but it's kind of emotionally aloof. But I love you. Look, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. That's how I show you I love you. Love is action. Talk is cheap. Love is what you do. And that's what the Bible says. We just read it. Love is action. It's all about what you do. It's not about what you feel. That's what some people think. But we also know there's something wrong with that, right? 
There's something cold about that. I mean, no, no wife wants a husband to come home and say, I'm going to kiss you now. Why? I've decided it's my duty. Husbands from the beginning of time have kissed their wives, and I will fall in line and do that as well. No one wants that, right? There's something cold. Some of the guys right now are going, what's wrong with that? And all the, all the women are laughing. <laughs> There's something cold about that, right? There's something... No one wants to just feel like a chore. We go, man, there's something missing with that. If love is just action, it's what you do. But isn't something missing with that? Isn't, shouldn't there be some sort of heart behind it? Shouldn't there be some sort of emotion behind it? And what's interesting is you come to the Bible. Come to the Bible. And the first book of the Bible, the first marriage, the first male-female relationship, what happens? God puts Adam to sleep. Adam, when God is sleeping, Adam takes out his rib, creates Eve. Adam wakes up. And what happens? Here's what happens. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. So he wakes up and there's a woman. And then the man said, and this in Hebrew is a song. And he says, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. And he is singing. He wakes up and there's this woman and he goes, oh yeah, bone of my bone, right? So he just starts going after it, right? And ever since then, women have loved musicians and men have loved ribs. Okay, so that was just a little joke. So, okay, but it's true, right? That's why country music is so popular. It combines both. So this is what happens with Adam, but then that's not it, right? There's a whole other book in the Bible called Song of Solomon, okay? And I see there's some kids in the room, so we're not going to read that much of it, but I'm going to show you some of it. Song of Solomon, man, it's, if, so if you're reading them, I don't know, have you guys ever read this? They didn't used to let little Hebrew kids read it, okay? Until you're, I think it's 13 or 14, you weren't even allowed to read it. Because you're reading the Bible, and there's all these war stories. So if, the, if there was a soundtrack with the Bible, it's like, dun, 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 dun. And then you get to Song of Solomon, and it's like, slow jams with Solomon. And so even when I think about Solomon, this is what I think he looks like. This is what I, who I think Solomon is, okay? This is R. Kelly, okay? Let me show you, let me show you, let me show you this, okay? Listen to this, Okay? Guys, it's okay to have some fun at church. So here's what he says. You have, here's, this is just, this is like, this is the, the G-rated stuff from Song of Solomon, okay? We'll read some later. You check your card when we talk about some other things, okay? So you have captivated my heart. Listen, listen to what he says. You, this is in the Bible. You have captivated my heart, my sister. And he, it's not his sister, okay? He's just talking about like she's his friend, okay? So you've captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much better is your love than wine. I cannot feel my face when I'm with you. And the fragrance of your oils than any spice. Your lips drip nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. So, you know, that doesn't sound, doesn't translate exactly now, today, some of it. Your love is better than wine, maybe, but, you know, you smell better than parsley and any spice and the fragrance of Lebanon, you know. Don't say that to your wife, you know. You, you smell better than the fragrance of Lebanon. 
But do you see this? This is emotion. It's feeling. It's passion. Adam, when he first sees woman, sings. Solomon, the whole book in the Bible called the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. It's a love song. It's poetry. It's passion. So is love feeling? Is love action? Even deeper than this, get a little more serious, here's what Paul says about love as feeling. Back to 1 Corinthians 13. Listen to what he says is useless if you don't have love. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So he's even talking about these awesome actions. If I give everything I have away to the poor, or to anybody, right? If I deliver up my body to be burned, so if I'm willing to actually be burned for you, if I have all this, I mean, if I've got all of this, but there isn't love, it's nothing. So is love feeling? Or is love actions? What is love? Is it feelings or is it actions? You see, there's kind of a tension a little bit, right? What is love? And when the Bible answers that question, it doesn't so much point us to a list of, okay, so love is 50% feelings and 50% actions, or it's this or it's that. It more so directs us to a person. It more so directs us to an event. It directs us to Jesus. So here's, here's how John, one of Jesus' closest friends, says this. In this, the love of God was made manifest. So whether you're a Christian, not a Christian, most people believe God is love. So how did we see that? In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then earlier in the same book, he says this, see what kind of love the father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. So here's the image that John is showing to us of what is love. He shows us Jesus. And in Jesus, we see both things, right? We see somebody that John is directing our attention. See what kind of love. This is a passionate, this is a affectionate, this is a desiring. God so loved us. It doesn't just say God's duty was to do this. And it's showing, look at, look at this love that he has. He's trying to let you see the, the passion and the emotion behind God's love for us. Other places in the Bible, it talks about how God lavishes his love on us. It says the great love with which he loved us. I mean, it talks about these, these superlatives and talking about God's love towards us. But we also see the action that Jesus from heaven didn't just say, I love you. But he came down and he did something. 
He came down and he gave us himself. It says he was the propitiation for our sins. And here's what that means. It means that all of us, and even just to keep it in the context of love, all of us love other things instead of God. Our hearts desire other things. We build our life on other things. We run after other things. Maybe another person, maybe our job, maybe just people liking us, maybe success, maybe our careers, maybe anything. We love other things instead of God. And the Bible calls that sin. And the Bible says that what should happen in our sin is that for eternity we should be separated from God. But instead of that, God shows his love for us and that Jesus was the propitiation, and that word means that he absorbed the punishment that should come to us. So our sins deserve some sort of punishment, separation from God. Instead, on the cross, Jesus comes to this earth and he absorbs that for us. He takes what should be ours. He takes the penalty that should be ours. That's love. You see, it's not just that God had sentiment towards us. See, even people say, I believe in a God of love. But if you don't believe in this God, the Jesus God, what do do we mean when we say we believe in a God of love? It's a really pathetic kind of love, and I don't say that to be offensive if that's what you believe, but it's a love that is so minuscule. Because if we don't believe this, what we say, if we say, I believe in a God of love, is just, I believe in a God that has nice feelings towards me. Not, I believe in a God that was willing to die for me. And yet we even know on a human love, that's the greatest kind of love. And a love that was willing to give himself to us, not just feel nice feelings about us. So is love feelings? Is love actions? What John says is look at Jesus and you see somebody that wanted our highest good, that wanted the best for us and that was willing to die to bring that about, that was willing to sacrifice himself to serve us. And he did it not just out of duty or obligation, but John is saying, see this love. He so loved us. He's trying to point us to the heart of, of God, that he was passionate in wanting to love us, passionate in wanting our good. Is love feelings? Is love action? In Jesus, we see both, but even better than just mere action that's doing right duties or just some sort of romantic feelings. It is a passion for our good that serves and sacrifices for us. That's what we see when we look at Jesus. That God, and here, maybe you need to hear this today. God's not apathetic about you. God is not in heaven just kind of, oh, yeah, they're okay. I mean, other places in the Bible, it talks about God singing over us. Like we, we hear, we sing songs to God, but, the, and this is crazy, but the Bible says that God sings love songs over us. He's not apathetic about us. God looks at you and so loves you. God looks at you and John wants us to go see it. See what kind of love. And maybe you need to hear that. God's not apathetic about you. And maybe you need to hear that God doesn't just love you. You've heard that before. Yeah, okay, sure, God's nice. And, he, but, and I think especially sometimes us guys, when it shows Look at the kind of love he has. It's not just a sentimental thing. It's Jesus went to battle for you. 
You know, every guy I know cries when they watch Band of Brothers, at least. You know, you might be a hard, cold, stone-faced human being, but if you watch Band of Brothers or Old Yeller, you turn into a, you know, a puddle. And it's saying, look, God went to battle for you. He was willing to fight for you and die for you. It's showing us love in wood and metal and thorns and a cross and blood and tears and sweat. It says that's love. So it shows us both so much better than just mere action or mere sentiment that we look at Jesus and that's what we see. And that's why when the Bible talks about love, it does so in the terms of covenant. It does so saying that there's this covenant that takes place. And so let me show you this. What is love? Here's how Jesus talks about marriage. And again, we're talking about love, okay? So this is true outside of marriage as well. But here's what Jesus says about marriage as a covenant. And he quotes from Genesis and then adds his own commentary here. But he says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. So there's this joining that takes place. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So here's what we see about love in this context. It's two people giving. It's not, what can I get from this person? It's not, how do I feel around this person? It is, I give myself to this other person. This is why when people get married, they say, you know, will you take this person to be your wife? Will you, in sickness and health, do this, do this, do this? 